Welcome to the Living in Lithuania podcast. Join me, Austin, in conversation with internationals who have found themselves living here in Lithuania. Hi, Rita. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, hello. So happy to have you on. Um, maybe to begin, you could uh, shortly just introduce yourself and then share your story about uh, how you ended up here in Lithuania, so far away from <laughs> from where you're from. <laughs> well, not really far away. Um, yeah, I'm from Riga. I was born and raised in Riga, Latvia, so that's not very far away, you know. From Vilnius, it's like 300 kilometers, it's like going to Klaipada. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you compare by the distance. Uh, and uh, yeah, in Lithuania, I have been living for the past five years, so mm-hmm. qu- quite a while already. Mm-hmm. And uh, how I ended up here is that basically more or less because of job opportunities. Mm-hmm. And surprisingly, back in the day, uh, I would see that uh, there's more possibilities to find a job in Vilnius. And uh, for one big reason, which is a knowing or not knowing Russian language. So basically, okay. I'm one of those people that don't really know Russian language. So basically, uh, in Latvia, it was quite complicated to find a job, uh, mm-hmm. especially if it involves working with people. And uh, yeah, in Vilnius, I got the job really fast. It took me two weeks. Wow, okay. And, um, <laughs> and it was a time, I believe, when in Vilnius, or, or in general in Lithuania, this whole fintech company boom mm-hmm. happened. Yeah. And at the same time, it didn't really happen in Riga and... Uh, Probably it's one of the reasons also why it was uh, much easier to get a job here, even though if I'm not Lithuanian, I don't know Lithuanian, and I could just do the work in English. And now I guess situation is improved in Riga, but, you know, I, I still stayed here mm-hmm. all this time <laughs> and still work in the same, um, yeah, fintech uh, area and IT industry, even though my uh, background is tourism. Oh, okay. <laughs> wow. How did you make that uh, change? Well, um, I finished the studies in tourism, so I have a bachelor degree in that. Uh, and the change happened because I kind of gave up an idea working in uh, tourism mm. because of the Russian language in oh, Latvia. Okay. And uh, like I almost got some jobs in Riga related to tourism, but I realized, yeah, that it's kind of you need to know the Russian. And if you don't, it's like pretty hard in this field. And then uh, in Vilnius, I found a job where I could. Mm-hmm. And uh, it means going from beginning, from zero. So it's IT, like uh, entry-level job, which, well, doesn't pay minimum, but uh, kind of you need to learn from that position. So this is where I started, and now I you know, grew to something else. But I guess a lot of my friends went into this IT, and uh, they started completely somewhere else, like architecture or something else, you know, and then they went to all in IT because mm. it's probably the best right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely a lot of opportunities, and I guess in fintech as well. Are you still in the fintech area in IT? Or? Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I'm still in the same company <laughs> for okay. the last five years, yeah. Okay. Just uh, moved to different positions. Okay, nice. And I guess you're still kind of, Doing a little bit of your tourism and everything because uh, you have your blog. Uh, Maybe you can tell me more about the blog and everything you're doing around that. Yeah, so uh, this whole thing uh, of blog started... Well, basically, this blog, uh, Bringa Baltics, it's my COVID baby. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we all have those. Like, this podcast <laughs> is mine. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
but in general, I already had idea to to create something that would uh, show the differences between Latvia and Lithuania because everyone says, oh, Latvia, Lithuania, it's like the same and it's so similar. But actually, the bigger picture is that it's similar, but there are some differences that you won't notice unless you like live in the country. Mm-hmm. So this is what I usually say, that uh, if you travel or have vacation, it will never be the same as if you live in the country mm-hmm. and you need to be in one country at least for four weeks in order to like kind of get to know a bit of culture. And I mean, I can't really talk about culture differences between Latvia and Lithuania, but there are some differences that are quite funny or interesting. And and the fact is that there are still some differences between Latvians, Lithuanians and the whole uh culture and how things are going. So I thought this blog would uh, show these differences and also would kind of uh, show different places in Latvia and Lithuania. And uh, the name Bringa Baltics comes from my last name, which is Bringa. And uh, I like to use it in uh, in a way of um, puns or like uh-huh. Bringa uh-huh. Baltics. Ah, okay, <laughs> and, nice. And that's where the, the, yeah, the brand name comes from. And uh, actually... I wrote down some things that I noticed uh, are different from Riga yeah. uh, in Vilnius when I uh, moved, and which was uh, surprising for me. So one of the things is um, in Vilnius you do not have seagulls. Mm. So, yeah. <laughs> and uh, actually it blew my mind because it's such a simple thing. But I thought, well, it's normal, like seagulls. And then I had my Lithuanian friends uh, coming to Riga and they were pointing out like, oh, you have seagulls here, like you can hear the seagulls. And I was like, well, this was always here. What do you mean? (laughs) We have in Vilnius, right? And then, you know, the glass shattered (laughs) in my head. And wait, there is no seagulls in Vilnius because it's not next to the sea. Mm -hmm. And then I realized, oh, wait, but that's one of the like quite big differences between Riga and Vilnius that Mm -hmm. it's not next to the sea. And uh, you have no seagulls. So mm-hmm. this was kind of one of the the things I noticed living here. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I lived in Klaipeda for six months. And that, like, getting used to seagulls being there because it's also close close to the sea and getting woken up by them, it was, it was yeah, it, it felt like I'm on vacation somewhere, you know, by the seaside always. And I guess for you, it's like it doesn't have this like connection because it's it's kind of just normal right yeah um it's not like vacation it's just they were always there so i never <laughs> noticed that in in Venus you don't have them and i guess if you don't have them and you go to a city where you have them you feel like you can hear them a lot and i don't know they're loud or something and i'm just like what do you mean because <laughs> it's like a background city sound that you just don't pay attention yeah, just to phase it out and uh, and these things i believe i wouldn't notice at all if I wouldn't have left Riga Mm -hmm. to live here so yeah this was uh, one of the funny things that I noticed another thing at the beginning that I was excited about uh, was public transportation in Mm -hmm. Vilnius compared to Riga so one of the things you don't have trams Mm-hmm. Like in Riga, we have trams. Even in other cities like Daugavos, there's trams. But here, I believe in none of the cities. No, we or don't you, have them yeah. at all. Yeah. yeah, you don't have them at all. Uh, and uh, another exciting thing is that the bus ticket prices, because in Vilnius it's 64 cents or 65 mm-hmm. cents, and uh, it's for 30 minutes ride. But in Riga, it is one euro twenty for one ride Mm. and you can't use it on multiple buses at the same time Mm -hmm. so this is like it was kind of a shock at the beginning that well we're just so similar right and then 
but you have to pay for bus and it's so cheap here so i was super excited about this and i thought yeah it's great mm. yeah yeah this is for the mayor of riga to, to listen to like change the prices i think it's it's very convenient because for me at least i take i have to take at least two buses to get into the city from where i live so buying a separate ticket for each one even though sometimes it can take me only 30 minutes like it's yeah it would be very annoying so yeah. i'm really happy about this i mean here I understood also why it happened in Riga because they updated their uh, buses and trolleys and all the transportation like it's new. Mm, yeah. And here uh, I see that you have trolley buses that are from like 80s or something. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, they have uh, doors almost open mm-hmm. in winter. You have wind inside. And I'm like, OK, this is why I pay so cheap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I remember like in childhood, I was it was like a crazy winter. I don't know, minus 20 something. And I was on a trolley bus, one of these old ones, and it was snowing inside <laughs> because of the condensation of the people breathing. And it was actually like coming down, <laughs> snowing. It's like, okay, this is an experience. But <laughs> I think for tourists that come here, it's fun to ride the Soviet trolley buses. But for us, not not always, not always. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, but uh, still then I thought about it. I still prefer to pay cheaper, <laughs> even if it's like cold inside. Um and uh, and another actually fun fact uh, is that uh, you have tickets to buy online. You have the app. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think even several apps. You have Trafi app. You have something else. Some tickets. Yeah, for Venus. And uh, you can buy just ticket online. And in Riga, you don't have that option to even buy the ticket online. So you have these e-cards, the same as in, in, in Vilnius, but mm-hmm. you don't have the option to do it on the mobile phone. And uh, in general, I noticed that there's some things that are just kind of uh, behind mm-hmm. so w- once i moved to vilnius five years ago uh, you already had Lidl, you already had ikea mm-hmm. and we didn't at the time so if you would go to ikea you would hear and meet a lot of latvians mm-hmm. because yeah. they were coming to buy furniture here <laughs> and um, one of the funniest recent stories regarding this is that Lidl opened this year in latvia in mm. October 7. So it's like very new. Mm-hmm. And there was uh, something called uh, Banana Price Wars. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> because they just opened little and I suppose to promote their cheap prices. They put banana for 39 cents. Mm-hmm. Then what happened, other shops decided, okay, like we also need the clients. We also need to beat them. So Rimi put the price of uh, 30, no, sorry, 29 cents. And then, um, you know, it happened kind of banana wars with with all the shops putting down the prices for bananas and it it was a big thing with all the memes about it (laughs) how the world is concerned with covid wars and and chaos but latvia hey we have cheap bananas (laughs) (laughs) wow so yeah this and for me it's kind of yeah amazing because little it was here all this time Mm -hmm. so yeah it was one of the things i noticed i think we when little opened here i think they also had this like yeah banana thing but i don't think the other shops went for it like they're like okay you do bananas we'll do butter or whatever like it's it's kind of switching and then like my uncle what he does when he goes shopping he's like he, he always look at looks at all the um yeah offers so then he'll go to one day to little and to, to all, the, all the shops that have that have those yeah it was uh 
I think they're just trying to compete with each other because Lidl is kind of promoting themselves as the, well, cheaper mm. place where to shop. Mm. And uh, right now in Latvia, they have a lot of restrictions, a lot of uh, things restricting people to shop. And mm-hmm. uh, they have lines outside Lidl right now mm. just for people to go and try. And yeah, it's it seems a bit crazy. But mm. yeah. yeah, they had lines when Lidl opened up here as well. <laughs> the new thing everybody needs to needs to be in experience uh one of the differences uh is regarding food which Mm -hmm. is also pretty pretty similar latvians lithuanians eat all the same things like potatoes and meat you know and all these things uh but uh what i noticed uh, is that for example cold soup or shaltibarsche or augstazupa in latvian Mm -hmm. you eat uh with potatoes on the side and i never saw that before so i was confused you know Mm -hmm. when you order soup and uh, you know they bring you potatoes not in the soup but like on the plate (laughs) i didn't understand and i think one of the funniest moments was when i saw on just on instagram there was a story from ikea uh, lithuania uh, and they had a discount for for cold soup with fries on the side so that was like quite missing the point a little bit I, quite, I quite didn't understand what's happening there innovation yeah and uh, one of my articles right now on the blog is about uh kibinai mm. kibinai versus piragi okay. so this is a uh, very similar but it's not so mm-hmm. yeah that's more okay. more info there but uh, about differences, uh, one of the biggest ones, I would say, is uh, regarding language okay. and the uh, difference in the language. Uh, so basically, Latvian and Lithuanian language is the closest uh, to each other, I guess. And Estonians are, well, a different branch mm-hmm. of languages. And uh, there is a lot of similarities I have noticed, but also some things are very backwards. For example, um, we have word uh, debuses. Mm-hmm. So in Lithuanian, it means cloud. Cloud. And in Latvian, it means the sky. Mm, okay. <laughs> wow. And the uh, cloud actually is makuanis. So that's like totally... Oh, wow, that's... Yeah, that's... And uh, some things backwards are, for example, uh, alnis. So we have uh, in Latvian, it would be alnis, but in Lithuanian, it's briedis. And oh. then it's other way around where briedis then would be alnis and basically it's just backwards for this whole thing Uh, i also have a funny story about this when Mm -hmm. i was going with the bus um i noticed uh, that it was written something and uh, it was written the word bauda Mm -hmm. and i was thinking hmm, that's a funny word i wonder what that means and in lithuanian it means punishment or fine yeah and in latvian it means pleasure oh wow okay <laughs> punishment and pleasure <laughs> so i thought where did this go wrong <laughs> wow okay this this could be quite confusing i think for, for people like lithuanians going to latvia like <laughs> exactly and um i mean there there's a lot of these uh, funny words for example uh Ledai, which is ice cream, just means ice in Latvian. And uh, and uh, in general, Latvians think that if you just put AS at the end of the word, it will kind of sound like Lithuanian. And Lithuanians, I have heard saying that if they will shorten the words, it will sound like Latvian. And then it just kind of doesn't work out. Mm-hmm. But I did uh, have some examples. For example, if you say in Latvian past. So in Lithuanian, it's pastas. So mm-hmm. it, it's actual real examples or like pians and pianas mm-hmm. and jals. 
Zalshun Jalis. Jalis? Jalis? Yeah. Green. So, I mean, it comes from somewhere, but, you know, if in reality, it doesn't always work that way. Yeah, I can't apply it to every single <laughs> every yeah. single word. I think I I went I did this uh, once when I went to Latvia like year uh, ten years ago, and I was like, okay, how do I say like uh, Vienna? So I was like, Vienna, Vienna. <laughs> like, okay, okay. And that's actually correct. Yeah, yeah. So that that time I was fine, but yeah, I didn't continue. <laughs> I was too scared. Yeah, there's uh, other funny things. For example, blueberries. So in Lithuanian, it's melinus. Mm-hmm. And in Latvian, it's melanus. And then uh, if you look f- where the word comes from, so in Lithuania, it comes from the color blue, mm-hmm. but in Latvian, it comes from the color black. And uh, oh, because wow. black is melons and uh, melina is blue. Or, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and it's quite interesting. And my theory is that it is because the berries in the forest are quite dark. Mm-hmm. So not the ones that you can grow like, in a bush at home because they look quite blue but those ones in the forest look more like black although they're not blackberries so (laughs) that's quite uh quite (laughs) strange and uh also one other funny thing is regarding uh, the word begged uh, and in latvian it means to run away from something or someone and in lithuanian it's more like just to run Mm -hmm. and uh uh, the song, maybe if you know Lars Reynix, uh, which is a Latvian uh, singer, and he made the song Ashbegu. Okay. And uh, yeah, it became apparently popular in Lithuania, and it's kind of one of the few artists that Lithuanians actually know because it was kind of a catchy radio song. And that guy actually made uh, songs in several different languages, but Lithuanian, I think, was one of the most popular ones. So he has the song in Latvian, Lithuanian, and like a bunch of other languages. And it's funny because he sings in Lithuanian that he's running, but in Latvian it would be like he's running away from mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was a uh, fun fact. Okay. okay. Yeah, maybe if I listen to it, I would remember. Now I know. Can't. I'm not so good at pop culture either. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. This. That's it for my examples. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I was um, wondering if you would, because uh, I know you got married not so long ago. I was thinking if you knew of any differences between like in weddings with it, from like Lithuanian, Latvian, or how was your wedding in general? Did you do like the traditional kind of uh, things for like Lithuania or was it completely different from that? Actually, yeah, this was also a fun story since, uh, well, we got married in Lithuania. My husband is Lithuanian and um, we tried to kind of combined the traditions and at the same time not to make it too traditional because I know people who likes to do all the traditions and everything according to the, I don't know, some very old traditions and uh, we didn't go this way. Uh, we had wedding planners who helped us with these things and uh, my Latvian maid of honor helped me also with these traditional ideas. So I would say we did a slightly combination between things. For example, we would have bread and salt at the beginning when you arrive from the parents and um, what else? At midnight, we would have um, this um, kind of more Latvian tradition, but also I heard Lithuanians do that, where you throw ember dust in the fire and you Mm. wish something for the newlyweds. So this was, I think, a very cute tradition where you just uh, everyone wishes something one by one and just throw this ember dust in the fire. And they give you, well, the newlyweds, they give 
uh, actual ember pieces to like throw away the tears and uh, mm. yeah it's kind of a cute tradition and you actually start the fire yourself to burn the family fire yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and uh, uh, I don't remember like all the traditions but we did a lot of I guess just modern kind of wedding things mm-hmm. and uh, games and yeah different things oh yeah I, I haven't <laughs> heard actually about this I mean, I've I've heard about the amber dust, but I didn't know it was uh, tied to to weddings in any way. So, I also actually didn't know. <laughs> so it oh, was okay. a kind of kind of new thing. The whole wedding also was fun uh, since it was kind of in two languages. It mm. was in English and it was in Lithuanian, and uh, there were basically just maybe a couple of people who didn't really understand neither of languages. Mm. Uh, but we kind of sit them together with people who could translate you know, from English or Lithuanian. So can we manage this way? But uh, I guess uh, it, it was something great to, to bring also two families from Latvia, from Lithuania, and uh, it ended up being a great party as well. Oh, nice. So how come English and not uh, Latvian was the second week? Because international friends, I'm guessing? Uh, because our host is Lithuanian. Mm, okay. And yeah. we actually thought about it, that uh, it would be a possibility to, to get maybe a host that would speak both languages but that's very close to impossible mm. or you would need to have two hosts one from Latvia one from Lithuania but then it just like complicates things because then they would have to kind of uh, schedule like the same same text or same scenario and it would be very difficult and yeah. uh, basically main language we chose as English since majority of people really speak English mm-hmm. more than Lithuanian mm. so we kind of uh, agreed on on this point yeah okay Okay. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Organizing too many things, like weddings, already many things you have to think about. Like make <laughs> other things as simple as possible, like that. Yeah. I mean, uh, my friends uh, really helped with uh, with this, and I had basically two maids of honors. Even though you're usually supposed to have uh, one, but I had like one from Lithuania, one from Latvia, and uh, from Lithuanian side helped me a lot with I don't know going to try the dresses or things like that and uh, it was a huge help because you know she was the one calling to wedding uh, dress shop uh, to to mm-hmm. book things and i mean i know some of lithuanian but basically it's easier obviously if you have someone to help come with you and you know try to uh, help you in this so yeah yeah that is that more, fun. Cool. <laughs> more fun with friends also yeah <laughs> sure more fun <laughs> always have to make things more fun Awesome. So I also wanted to bring it back a little bit to your blog and ask about this um, shady tours you were talking, writing about. Can you tell me what that is? Yeah, about shady, uh, shady tours. So basically, this is something we started with my friend Ruta from Latvia. Uh, we started this uh, once I was already living in Lithuania. And the idea was that I haven't been to Latvia in a while, so I'm going to visit it soon. And maybe we can go see some new places. I don't know what is new, what's happening. Mm -hmm. And we thought, hmm, where should we go? There's like a lot of places where you could go. So basically it started with my friend just putting some things in a map and kind of arranging a a route for us to check out. And uh, this is what we did the first time. We had bicycles and we went to like, five different bars and just to to see what's happening there and then moving on to the next one and it was kind of fun experience and later we realized there's a lot of areas we haven't explored in like Riga or well Vilnius also and then 
we thought maybe it's more interesting to go to not so popular places since most of the other places are just, I don't know, kind of uh, random hangout places, popular ones, and, and so on and so on. So we thought that if you check on Google Maps, there are places that are not even like on social media or mm-hmm. anything. It's just like marked in a map. You have a bar here. And you don't really know if they're still open or what's happening. Mm-hmm. So basically, we started to create uh, different routes around one area. And we would go there and uh, we try to, at some points, even pick out uh, not center. So basically, if it would be out of center and, yeah, with some very interesting uh, locations and and bars. And uh, one of the times, uh, my friend also came to Vilnius. So this was a more difficult task since I don't really know these weird or strange places (laughs) where to go. But, yeah, we still ended up having interesting places. Uh, There's one called, I think, Phantomos. If I remember it correctly, mm-hmm. which is near the river, I forgot what's the region there, but basically it's interesting place. They have a fake beach outside with oh. uh, with sand and fake palm trees in the summer, and uh, they have a trailer outside, okay. and uh, on the top of the trailer they put this uh, chairs and and tables, and you can like sit there, and uh, yeah, and it's in a wooden house. Okay. <laughs> it's like very strange experience. It's in a wooden house. They don't accept credit cards. They only have cash. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's quite interesting. Uh, so I would recommend to, to visit that place. I think it was called Phantomus. Where, where is it? Near the river. Where is uh, where mm-hmm. they have business buildings there mm-hmm. near the bridge. That like tower, that long tower. What is the name? There used to be Barclays sign on it. And now there's oh. like a bunch of other green, green hall. Green hall, yeah. So very near to that place, actually. There's a area with wooden houses, mm-hmm. and uh, one of them is like a bar. I'm not sure if it's still operating after this COVID times, but mm-hmm. yeah, need to need to check on that. But yeah, the whole idea of these shady places is just to basically see places that are not so visible or not so touristic and to kind of find out kind of more adventurous uh, paths. And we didn't do it as a tourism project or something Mm. like that we just like do it for fun but i thought the experiences that we had would be worth to share so we still kind of want to continue that in the future so maybe we'll do something um well in the spring it also depends on what is like open or what is not since you know now with all the covid this slightly harder task but perhaps something in vilnius good thing you're doing it local then it's not you know like Spain or, or some other place. Yeah, I mean, this is how also the blog started to happen, that we, we were living in this Baltic bubble, so we mm-hmm. kind of didn't travel at all. Uh, so this was a chance also to get to know, well, all the Baltic countries. So this is where also I traveled between Latvia, Lithuania, also went to Estonia, and I thought, okay, I mean, some of these experiences uh, were to uh, were to share. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So you now you're visiting like these bars and places, and then you write about them uh, on your blog, so people can have a look and uh, find out more there, right? Yeah. Well, soon, uh, soon to come. Since, uh, well, since uh, most of the last year I spent on wedding, I kind of dropped the idea of the blog, and uh, now I'm I want to pick it up. So this podcast is a great uh, push to start things uh, again. Since yeah, I have idea not only about shady bars or shady places to visit but also uh, just to cover that latvian lithuanian uh, differences and basically to talk about these fun things like food or 
languages or uh, films or or books. I even read some uh, Lithuanian books, um, and uh, I wanted to check, for example, if there are also uh, books in English so foreigners can read. And uh, in Lithuanian, from Lithuanian, I found like two books so far that I could get from the shops. Mm. So also um, suggestions are welcome here. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah. Okay. So we will when we post this episode, you're you're gonna have another blog <laughs> post out, and then uh, we'll like link link everything together. Will be another uh, push. Get yeah. back to it. <laughs> so you told me that uh, you love hiking, and I love hiking as well. So I would really love to, for you to share uh, your hiking experience. And you went on Camino Santiago, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so my hiking experience is not like that uh, maybe impressive since, uh, well, I did this Camino um, back in like 2015, mm-hmm. if I remember it correctly. So, and I didn't do the whole route because the most popular thing to do is to go from France to to the cathedral in Spain, which is 800 kilometers. So I didn't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I was Erasmus student at the mm-hmm. time, uh, living in Porto, in oh, Portugal. Wow. Uh, okay. Yeah, I lived there for a year, and I was still studying tourism at the time. So one of my yearly projects. So basically, every year you have to write this like paper, research paper, yearly project. So one of my yearly projects was about Camino and about basically pilgrim uh, motivation, why they go to this route, and basically why they're called pilgrim if their motivation is not really religious. Yeah, religious related to religion. And since I was living there, well, I had a chance also to do it on spring break. And that's why I didn't have more time to actually go the Mm. whole route. So basically, I took uh, one other Latvian lady uh, that was also Erasmus there at the time. And we went to the border of Portugal and Spain. And then we walked up to the cathedral. So it's basically like 120 kilometers Mm -hmm. um, in five or six days. I don't remember. So it's like 20 something kilometers per day. Mm -hmm. And we also stayed in these pilgrim hostels on the way, and uh, it was also pretty fun. And uh, I'm still glad I did it. I still got the um, uh, pilgrim certificate because you can get that if you finish uh, at least 100 kilometers. Mm. And uh, because on the way uh, you have pilgrim passport where you get the stamps mm. in different pilgrim hostels, they just stamp you this passport. So at the end, you can actually get the certificate that you completed the route, uh, even if you didn't go like the whole hundred, sorry, whole eight hundred. If you completed at least hundred, then you know you can get it. And uh, I still have friends that actually did the whole eight hundred, but it takes like a month or something. Mm. So. Yeah, so that's, I guess, the biggest hiking experience I have, which was years ago. So right now, I don't think I'm that physically capable to, to repeat it. Like, a little bit, a little. If I would have to do it, like, you know, in a week or something, I wouldn't be able to do that. Because in Lithuania, I have done just kind of smaller routes in, the, in some parks. And uh, like two years ago, I thought I could just start with 25 kilometers. And I haven't uh, been hiking for like two years. Mm-hmm. And that turned out really bad experience (laughs) because, yeah, I remember the last five kilometers, it felt like I will just stay there and die. It was horrible. And later when I checked online, that turns out that this route was supposed to be for bicycles, not for uh, hiking. And, you know, still completed it while just walking. It was in Neris. 
regional okay. park and it was quite like hilly mm-hmm. and yeah was not a great idea so then i learned my lesson and uh, realized that you have to start maybe smaller mm-hmm. and then you know gradually go to more kilometers if you want and uh, yeah so now i'm more about the view and kind of taking it easy so uh yeah it's not so hard on yourself at least yeah have you done any of the like trenktoras there's these um hikes well actually yeah um actually got the ticket i think i mean they were selling these kind of uh tickets for for routes and i got the ticket and then it was the first covid wave Mm. and then they closed down and i never went back and now now they kind of reopen something Mm -hmm. i know that they have these self routes that you can do like uh, you can pay for it online and then they just give you kind of a map of different Mm -hmm. routes around like lithuania so i did this once with uh, other friends so i would say this is pretty convenient it's not like a big race or something but like you pay these three euros and then you it gives you the the whole map of this route with these locations you can visit on the map so this is i think a pretty cool idea that they came up Mm -hmm. with during this time because like you can go anytime and just yeah and enjoy that and so i'm not too much into participating in these races or i'm not sure if it's race or you just have to complete it yeah you have to complete it i think yeah yeah so in in general that's my hiking experience Mm -hmm. yeah i I think i've only went on one of those but uh, but yeah it was really nice experience it was also not so long i think it was more than 20 kilometers maybe 24 somewhere around 25 so yeah, when after the whole year of not doing any walking, it's it's kind of it's kind of tough, but it's nice because you go with friends, and then they have like little stops on the way where you get some food, and and uh, the the way is quite nice as well. And I know that they do some in Latvia as well. I think there was one they were advertising last autumn in Segolda, I think, like somewhere around there. I think even Trenkturas uh, was doing next to the sea. Oh yeah, 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 probably because yeah, they do one definitely every year. Um, by the sea in Lithuania, so I guess they could also do probably do it in Latvia. And we also have this like um, also pilgrim like trail now from like the north of Lithuania to to the south. Have you? You mean the forest it? trail or the sea? Uh, because there's which one you mean? <laughs> uh, the one that's like the also kind of the religious religious one that's, ah, okay. uh, that's marked, and you go from the very north of Lithuania, like above Šiaulė, where mm-hmm. those towns. Are, um, and and then down to, I'm just gonna go like you go to Merkinas uh, Pyramide on the way and like that that kind of route and I guess then it connects to like the other European routes and you can go all the way to Spain or wherever but but yeah I think they they marked it just a few years ago so it's uh, something that I've been wanting to try out maybe not the whole path because it's still quite long but uh, at least like maybe parts of it uh, so one uh, of the paths that I know that uh, it's a sort of a new project, uh, well, kind of, that Latvian started. I know this because uh, my professor from university where I studied started this project, and, uh, yeah, it's it's uh, called Forest Trail. Okay. Mežetaka. Okay. <laughs> and uh, there's two types. Uh, one is Forest Trail, another one is By the Sea. So there is two different routes, and uh, originally it was connecting Latvia and Estonia, but this year uh, they actually involved Lithuania as well, mm. and uh, yes. it goes through well the one through Lithuania uh, through forest, and the other is by the sea. So basically, it covers the whole border of the sea from Lithuania all the way to 
Estonia until mm. the end of Estonia, basically. Uh, so you can even connect it, and uh, they have the whole infrastructure that they gathered uh, throughout these routes. So this is something like worthwhile to to do, pretty much. Yeah, I think that's a good uh, thing to do for the summer, especially uh, COVID times. I've never, yeah, gone on something so long. Um, I have hosted people like on house surfing who were coming to when I was living in Klaipeda who were doing this like uh, bike trail by the sea. So mm. like from Klaipeda to Tallinn and then some went up even more. I guess it's pretty popular also to do the same uh, walking path from a sea border basically. Mm-hmm. So not thinking to go back to tourism from, from IT you're enjoying yeah, I think that part uh, has passed. I mean, I'm still kind of doing the things in the background, like the blog, and I will try to um, bring more ideas there, just like your podcast, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, it's fun to do, but career-wise, I don't think I'm, I'm going back there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, I feel like I also discovered a new profession this way, I guess, mm-hmm. and there's still much to learn in this uh, this field, so... Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's huge. It's, it's huge always <laughs> it's always something to learn there. Yeah. And how do you like the community, the IT community, like in, in in Vilnius? What is that like? I'm not sure. I mean, <laughs> I'm pretty um, focused on on one company at a time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not sure what is IT community in Vilnius. I mean, I have heard of these uh, meetups, and uh, there are some kind of free trainings for, and then there is. Like woman tech something. Women go tech. Yeah. yeah it's mentorship program. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I have seen all of those and some of them actually looks pretty fun, except most of this is in Lithuanian. So mm. this is why I don't really get involved. Although I think there is something for girls in Lithuania that is now in English, uh, but I haven't checked that uh, because it's very specific things. It's related to specifically to coding and I'm mm. not like too much into that. So that's why I don't really like in okay. this field. and what do you do what part is yours uh, mine is related uh, more to compliance and okay. uh, more to quality and uh, this is related to uh, not specifically to technical things this is like yeah more processes following processes if everyone is like following that and uh, checking on quality and uh, with quality assurance if you mean that it's uh, mainly if you see the job ads in quality assurance you can see that it's for testing and testing applications if they work how they're supposed to so I'm completely opposite of that uh, mm-hmm. this is not about applications and testing if something is working it's basically compliance quality assurance so that means that we're kind of checking if well people are following the certain procedures practices and and things like that okay cool useful <laughs> that's very much needed i'm sure <laughs> yeah definitely um to basically make sure that the service provided is uh, according to the standards mm. so this is pretty much what i'm doing so it's kind of it doesn't even sound like it but it's just in it industry mm-hmm. so it's kind of one comes after the other yeah. or they can be sort of separated there used to be some uh, i think some presentations and some meetings uh, in in vilnius and i used to participate because they were pretty interesting they were inviting some speakers there also from this fintech uh, companies and it was pretty interesting like from danske bank from western union from like all these different companies mm-hmm. and they used to do it for free and i remember mm-hmm. and then i used to go but now they're not doing that or if it's online it's more, i'm not that motivated <laughs> yeah yeah all these online things uh, these days it's like oh 
Yeah, because I remember um, it was this Vilnius uh, hub something. I don't even remember how it's called. Uh, but uh, yeah, I remember there was this uh, one presentation, for example, regarding LinkedIn mm-hmm. and how to like uh, how to promote yourself on LinkedIn and how to like create your profile so it would be more engaging and things like that. So yeah, these kind of things are interesting, but I don't I don't see that happening much these days, mm-hmm. or I'm just not following that. <laughs> yeah, I think well, probably needs time to get get back after like, COVID and everything. It's, yeah, I mean, I don't know. For me, I find that there's so many events like happening in Vilnius, like just not enough time to go to everything and know everything that's happening. Uh, actually, about the events. So this is also one of my favorite things about Lithuania is uh, concerts because, mm. well, I like music and uh, I liked festivals in Lithuania. So I've been to quite a few of them. And my favorite is Menu Yodragas. Oh, yeah, I've been this year. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, I did hear a lot of Latvians there um, because this summer it was quite different uh, situation uh, in Latvia and in Lithuania regarding the restrictions and there were no festivals basically. Mm. So in Latvia there was and uh, and uh, and yeah, a lot of Latvians were there as well and uh, it was even Latvian band there. There was Auli mm. and uh, when they came on stage they said that Oh, this uh, this summer, this season, we have played in other countries, just not in our own. So yeah. this is closest to home we get. Yeah. <laughs> so this was kind of interesting. But uh, they actually did cooperation uh, with a Lithuanian singer. Mm. And uh, they have a song called uh, Tsiemini, song with Laureta Pelinuta. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to pronounce that. Yeah, so they have a song called Svetelai. How Svetali? You pronounce? Yeah. Svetali. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so they they played that. It was kind of opening of the song in the in the festival. If if you're interested in uh, folk, then I guess it's uh, good to check out. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, from all the festivals I went to in Lithuania, it was my favorite because it's kind of more. It's about folk. It's about like the Baltic culture, and it's not only about like Lithuania, Lithuania, but kind of more about all Baltics and mm-hmm. uh, some Latvian musicians there as well. And you can, like, discover a lot of uh, different things. And uh, there used to be concerts, I remember, well, pre-COVID times. Mm-hmm. I would go literally every week because there would be concerts every week. And they would be for free. And this was something amazing, like, uh, in Vasaras Terrasa mm-hmm. the, and uh, somewhere in center, like, every week. Starting Wednesday and then just until Sunday, there would be some concerts somewhere. And it's always a chance to, like, discover new bands and, and music and events. And, yeah, one I think one of the coolest events is Street Music Day. Yeah, I was I was surprised about that. I think Latvians tried to replicate something similar, but it didn't quite work out as in Vilnius. Because here it's, like, a big thing. And you see all yeah. these concerts. And even, like, with, I don't know, professional equipment, they're playing on mm-hmm. streets. And it's... Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, it it's took a while to, to get there. I mean, this this tradition started like I don't know, fifteen years ago, like really long. So in the beginning, it was also like very amateur, you know, like very very small groups, not so many people, and that, like if it rains, then like complete disaster. Nobody wants to be in the street. Um, but yeah, these days they have stages set up and uh, professional musicians play, and then in other areas, like well, every, anyone can sign up and. Um, also bring like just have a deal with maybe like a coffee shop that you can plug in your equipment and then you can also have quite a nice uh, concerts and it's nice because there's a nice like um mix of people we have you have some kids who are just playing and then you have you know people who are, have their hobby band and then you have professionals and it's everybody's kind of enjoying the day together 
Yeah, and I think it's also kind of a good reason for different like bars or different coffee places to also make concerts like just in their place, not in the streets. So later in the evening, they just open up and like uh, do more concerts. And it's like, yeah, this uh, this is uh, quite uh, yeah amazing. My other favorite events in Vilnius was Loftus Fest. Oh, yeah. Uh, this year I went as well. Um, was not my favorite this year, mm-hmm. I guess, because maybe they couldn't like gather a lot of cool bands, but yeah. <laughs> but uh, from what I remember before, uh, it's it's so amazing and it's it's free and I can't believe this is it like free and it's I guess funded by the city and uh, yeah, it was free this year before uh, also, it was it was uh, paid I think well I don't I'm not sure about last year but they the, I I went a couple of years and it was paid but it was like very cheap tickets um, maybe uh, yeah. maybe. But uh, I know that there's like this after like part or VIP and then it's like more paid. But at the beginning, yeah, it's kind of they had free concerts. I remember I went like two years ago, maybe uh, or three years ago where they had this uh, free concerts like during day. And still oh, yeah. it was maybe amazing day, bands. Yeah. I think maybe the day, in the day it's free and then in the evening for like the headliners, it's you have to pay. Up maybe. Like, yeah. Purpose. Yeah. Because I remember I went and it was really cool. And it was also some Latvian bands were there from different countries. And it was really cool. And I remember that I went into this building in, in Loftus and you go like, on top of the roof and they have this hangout place with like a DJ and some lights and you're just like sitting there in the middle of city and you know mm-hmm. uh, just chilling there and the vibe is great so uh, yeah I was really surprised about that and in Riga uh, we have now a place called Talensielis Quartals so mm-hmm. it's like a quarter in the middle of the center which looks like Loftus but smaller Mm-hmm. And uh, and again, I would say that Lithuania was first because you have Loftus already for like a couple of years, and now it's this artsy place with concerts and and stuff like that. And in Riga, it just opened up. I don't know, maybe a couple of years ago, and mm-hmm. uh, and still um, also a place to visit in Riga. Then <laughs> okay, yeah, I will, I will have to put that on my list <laughs> next time in, in Riga. Yeah, yeah, Loftus is great, and Loftus Festival. Yeah, I really enjoy it because it's kind of like. At the end of the summer, everyone's back, you know, into the city, and then it's still nice weather, and you have this great music, and sometimes, yeah, they get really good bands sometimes. A question I ask towards the end of the podcast, to describe living in Lithuania in uh, three words. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good question. I would say um, music would be one of them. Mm-hmm. I would say kibunai. <laughs> nice. And uh, opportunities. Mm. Lovely. Because that's that's what it was for me, and yeah, and, and Kibinai, I still have one of the one of my favorite things to do in autumn is to go to Trakai and um, walk around when it's not so many tourists mm. outside, and uh, it's already a bit colder, so you have to wear a bit more clothes. It might be a bit rainy, but uh, then you go to some place inside, uh, drink your I don't know hot wine or tea, and eat this like hot. Freshly mm-hmm. made kibunai. It's like the best thing ever. So yeah, one of the words <laughs> is kibunai. Great, wonderful. Yeah, I'll have to have to do that. Great. So I don't know if is there anything that you wanted to share that we have, I didn't ask. Yes, actually, uh, one one last thing uh, is regarding a myth myth uh, about uh, Latvians that Lithuanians have, mm. and I wanted to kind of debug it okay. or just explain. So it's regarding zirga galva. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's this perception that uh, Latvians think that it gets us offended, but mm-hmm. it doesn't. Usually, 
Lithuanians are saying this, oh, Zirga Gal or Zirga Gal, and then they're waiting for reaction, like, what will Latvians say? <laughs> and the reaction is like, why is that funny or why is that offensive? So we mm-hmm. don't get it. But actually, I checked uh, why that is, and uh, I liked one of the stories that I found. So one of the stories is regarding the good old, ta- good old times. Mm-hmm. Can't really specify when, I guess. But there used to be Lithuanian trader or um, seller, trader, mm-hmm. <laughs> tradesman, uh, yeah, uh, who would go to Latvia to sell horses. Mm-hmm. And uh, he would do it so much that Latvians would call him horsehead. Mm-hmm. And then he said, uh, well, no, you are the horseheads. Mm-hmm. And this is where like the joke kept. But then I thought, but originally then... He was the horse head, not the Latvians, but mm-hmm. it turned around to Latvians, and now it's kind of the, the story of Latvians. <laughs> but then I actually saw that there was one guy who wrote a dissertation on economical relations pre-war period in Latvia between Latvia and Lithuania, mm-hmm. and he checked that uh, one of the most common export products was horses. Mm-hmm. So this story is probably based on reality. It's just yeah. kind of more uh, made into a legend. But the other story uh, or kind of other explanation is that uh, Riga Gulf, Gulf of Riga, is in a shape of a horse head. Mm-hmm. So there's some memes out there about that. And if you really look at the map, uh, so this bay or Gulf of Riga really looks like a head of a horse. So this would be the other mm-hmm. explanation. But uh, it really doesn't make us offensive or it's just not that funny. It's just <laughs> it's like random. It's, it's random. <laughs> what are you doing? Like, okay. <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, that's the story there. Cool. Okay. Well, thank you so much for being on. It was really cool uh, to have you and for you to share all of your differences of Latvia <laughs> and Lithuania. I think it's, yeah, sometimes we don't really know what the differences are because we're just like neighbors, right? So it seems like everything should be similar, but... There's always differences, so it's good to point them out. Yeah, and I think if you live uh, in your own bubble, it's uh, hard to notice things that happen outside of your bubble. Mm. So this is what happened to me uh, when I moved to Lithuania. I started to see things that, wait, Lithuania is still different than from Latvia. How that can be? Because we're so similar. Braliuke forever. Forever. Wait, thank you. Thank you. Achu. <laughs> Thank you for listening. For more conversations like this one, subscribe to the podcast and let's connect on the Living in Lithuania Facebook page. If you or someone you know would like to be on the podcast, feel free to get in touch. Until next time.